0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Babes Listen, you're joined by your hosts,
1: Nat and Jess, two fitness professionals from New Zealand authentically talking everything health
0: and wellness. You're welcome. Hello and welcome back. Jess, swallow. (laughs) Sorry, I'll just, if I just lean back and have a little chew, you won't hear anything. That's a really good, really good intro. Um, By swallow, to give you context, is that she is, well, come on, like I've got to give them context. You never know. Dirty minds all around. I would think, I would think that too. Um, She's got a mint in her mouth and I cannot stand, cannot stand when she's sucking on it and you can hear on the microphone. I can't hear anything. It crawls... You can, though, because you've got headphones. Anyway, we've got a very special guest. Can we please introduce? (laughs) Hey, Amy. Hello. Amy's
1: back. (laughs) Yes, and Amy, we have talked about how excited we are to have you on here for a number of weeks. I think like
0: every episode for the last five weeks, maybe, apart from maybe when Greg was here.
1: (laughs) For some reason, you come up in the episode quite a bit. I mean, you're probably competing with Holly at the moment. Yeah, for, Holly you does, know, kind and of, Shani,
0: Shani gets a lot of Yeah, shout-outs. that's true,
1: yeah, and Greg, and you see, yeah, <laughs> a, few people, a few people that kind of get mentioned. But definitely your name comes up a lot, because for those of you who um, are not familiar with the lovely Amy, she is my psychologist, fantastic psychologist, and she has very kindly come along today to um, catch up,
0: this is the second time, so we've had Amy before. So, if you want to go back and listen to the episode, definitely do because it was great. Yes. So, for but for people who haven't
1: heard a bit about you from before, um, maybe just fill us in on um, where you're from, how long you've been doing the psychology gig, and um, random no, interests.
0: No. See, this is what makes people nervous. Jess. Quick fire. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I'm a (laughs) clinical psychologist and neuropsychologist from Christchurch, and I have been back in New Zealand for three years, but before that was working in Indonesia and substance abuse and in Auckland, before that working with um, the Defence Force and and the mental health system up there with older adults. Now I consult to um, Forte Health, like Oxford Women's Health, and a private eating disorder clinic. Um, so I see people with a whole bunch of different presentations and random interests. Um, <laughs> I'm, no.
0: I'm, how are you going to stick to that? Uh,
1: well, because last time you shared right at the end that you um, like to surf, and ah, we were kind yeah. of like, that's pr- I I think you pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool this scooter
2: story. No, let's not.
1: <laughs> go, go back to random, the
2: yeah, Random interests. <laughs> yeah, I do like to surf. Yeah. Um, what else is random? I like to eat a lot. Oh, yeah. Nice. I like food. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. <laughs> there you go. What's your favourite food? Indonesian. I oh, love Indonesian. Wow. Yeah. Well, you lived
0: there. Did you not say yeah.
2: that? Yeah, yeah. 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 The food is so good. Yeah. It's very and it's spicy, spicy though, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Can yes, you handle good, the spice? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you? Was that gradual or did gradual you? definitely okay. gradual? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Any any tips?
2: <laughs> <laughs> just real gradual.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? Because you like good street cred. What's your What's your motivation um, for handling I just spicy love food? Challenge. Yeah. And
0: also, like you know, when you're like, example, when we were in Nicaragua and Scotty had the really was it in Nicaragua? Yeah. Um, one of our colleagues had for really hot dish or it's it's, it was like a hot Mm. dish and he was like (laughs) he literally thought he was dying he said Mm. I think I'm dying Mm. and then Jess was pissing her pants it
1: was (laughs) one of the funniest things I've ever Um, seen
0: I just I want to be able to handle it you know because Mm. I don't want to I don't want to be like dying and sweating and stuff I just want to I want to be able to handle it because you know as soon as you eat something really hot Carlos you're like hot food you like hot food I do, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're eating something really hot and then your taste buds, you know when you it's too hot for you and then you can't even taste the food mm. anymore? No, yeah, it's I a waste, waste of an order. Ex- exactly. Mm. Mm. Yep. So that's where I'm at. Start gradual. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: little bit. Little bit little bit and then increase the intensity. <laughs> that
1: is, that's great advice. Uh, that's not the only reason why we've got you on the show, though. <laughs> is um, what I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago was specifically what I wanted to Mm. kind of ask you a bit more about because for completely selfish reasons, which is how most of the topics come uh, (laughs) to the podcast, um, I have experienced social anxiety. I know I'm not the only one. So I thought, could we talk about this as a topic because what's really hard about having social anxiety is that it's quite isolating and there's shame and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. So just want to hear more about it and, like, you know, h- how common is this? Mm. So
2: I was actually just refreshing some stats before coming on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, 90% of people will experience social anxiety. <gasps>
0: Yeah, at a certain point in their t- in their life.
2: Yeah, well, it's like across the lifespan, but like ninety percent wow. of us. It. So it's super super common that people will feel anxious in social yeah. situations. There is a difference though with like social anxiety disorder. Yeah, so social anxiety disorder is where it's like more debilitating, and there's lots of like avoidance or other sort of behaviours around that. But for New Zealand lifetime prevalence rate, so that's like how many people across the lifetime will experience social anxiety disorder, it's like 9.4%. So it's still, and that's only people that are reporting it, you know. Yeah. like If you think about yeah. those sort of stats, there's a lot of people that won't be coming and seeing a GP or a psychologist. I say or double it at is. least. Yeah, so it's like really like high, high percentages of people that experience it.
1: And so, it's, yeah. Because you would have to have the awareness that it was, it was problematic mm. and then yeah. you have... The courage to go and seek help for mm-hmm. it. So to get to that point, it mm. would be mm. actually and really the, hard,
0: and the money as well to mm-hmm. seek help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't even going to GPs at this, mm-hmm. at this stage. Yeah, yeah. So you, mean,
1: you mentioned um, people experience social anxiety. Yeah, but social anxiety disorder is something different. Mm. So where does social anxiety? Kind of mm. phase into something that's actually quite more, um, uh, class is more like a disorder. Mm.
2: So that would be impact on someone's life. So how much is it impacting, say, their social functioning or their occupational functioning? Is it stopping them from doing things that they would like to be doing because mm. of this? Like, are they unable to, you know, go out to social events or they're exhibiting lots and lots of avoidance? Or if they are doing these things, they're enduring it with, like, high levels of distress,
1: mm. like, you
2: know, really, like, really, really high levels of distress. So they might have to do these things, but it's, like, really painful for them, really difficult.
1: Have you ever experienced that, Nat? Uh Like, to the extreme or? Any of that where you've kind of recognised your experiences as – being socially anxious or where it's been problematic
0: um I've definitely had i mean you said ninety percent right <laughs> that's really mm. high so I've definitely had moments or like um parties that I've been really mm. nervous about going because especially like in high school because I knew the girls might not like me or whatever mm. um I remember going to this like this is this is mine. I end up going anyway, but this afternoon at a friend's house, um, and I was so nervous. And I remember my mum being like, "Why? Like, why are you going?" If that's the case, I was like, "They're my only friends, but I just know they're not that nice to me, you know." So <laughs> that's real sad. <laughs> Poor little Nan. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even that young either. Like I would have been like fifteen or sixteen. Um, so like moments like mm. that, but even just like when I shared about going to France. And seeing my family, like, I was so nervous. Or every time I go back to France and if I do choose to see my dad, I, like, almost cancel about a thousand times beforehand, Mm. you know? So, um, yeah, but, like, Mm. within within reason, I suppose, because – and typically when that happens, like, I remember on the way there, my mum being like, why are you so nervous and why are you going – then, you know, we had a conversation about, like, well, maybe maybe we should find you some new friends. Mm. <laughs> it ended up being fine. It, it, I remember being like, this is fine. I just worked it up in my head, you know. Mm. What about you?
1: Oh, well, like I've shared. Yeah. Definitely. It's been...
0: Um, Do you want to share like a little bit of a reminder for people? Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. So if this is your first time listening, (laughs) let me tell you all about me and and my social anxiety. I would say that uh, looking back, I was a shy child Mm. and I had um, a younger sister who was a bit more outgoing. And so I would make her do stuff for me. Like my mum would be like, go into that shop and get some bread and I'd be like, come with me, little sis, you can do it. Oh. Um or I'd get really nervous about making a phone call or um you know I just have
0: to Yeah. Yeah,
1: just kind of so definitely sort of more more shy and things. And then I would say the social anxiety sort of ramped up as a teenager mm. when you start to fear being um assessed negatively by other people and I would say it got to its most extreme not long after I met Greg and um, I remember not being able to go to the supermarket even though I needed to buy food. So that's definitely impacting with, your, mm-hmm. you know, kind of on your life um, because I was so terrified of being around other people because I thought strangers would judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, negatively, and I, I, you know, kind of, it was just sort of quite extreme in that way. So, um, you know, it kind of, and then I get, mo- I get sort of moments where it sort of, you know, comes in a little bit more or whatever, but we were sort of talking about the, you know, sort of, when is it, when is it social anxiety, mm. and when is it, I'm just drained from people, maybe I'm more introverted, maybe I just actually don't feel like being around people right now. And we were talking about that before, and you had the best explanation, which I think would be really helpful for people to hear. So just take me through that again.
2: Yeah. So social anxiety is like a fear of being negatively evaluated um, in some way by other people or being humiliated or embarrassed, you know, or that you'll show symptoms that will be evaluated in a negative way. So that would be – it's about figuring out what is underneath the – anxiety like why is it that you don't want to go into the social event or why don't you want to be with these people um whereas introversion if it's more about like I'm actually just drained like I've just spent a day around people Mm. and I the thought of actually going out again to a social event makes me feel anxious that would be what I would class more as like an introversion that's not like that fear of negative evaluation from others
0: yeah, so it's typically just asking yourself mm. where this is coming from. Like, why is it that you don't want yeah. to go? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's really helpful because I, um, like I said to you, I feel like more and more uh, part of not wanting to to go out or be around people was actually that I was drained. I was mm. working in the fitness industry, which is people heavy, mm. As someone who tends to be more introverted and and likes to recharge in that way. So the thought of having to be around people Mm. after a day of being around people was overwhelming. And that's kind of, that's quite different than where it used to be with social anxiety, which was much more around the fear Mm. of being humiliated, Mm. um, you know, not saying the right things, um, not not looking good enough or, you know, sort of whatever was going on um, at that time. So it's interesting, isn't it, how it's kind of changed a little bit in mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And it can do.
2: Yeah, and I think just, but it's like like you kind of just commented on then and just figuring out what is it that is the underlying kind of fear or belief under that. And once you kind of figure that out, then I guess you can, you know, like if it is that it's like I'm drained, then self-care would be like, Actually, it's okay to not go to this thing then. Like, I do need to recharge, and how do I put those practices or whatever into my life so that I can manage to do my group fitness classes or Mm -hmm. whatever it is? Um, And if it's a social anxiety that this is actually something that's pervasive across social situations and is really debilitating, then yeah, well, you know, how do I kind of set treatment or what can I sort of do to manage that so that it has less of an impact?
1: Low level, what can someone do if they are recognising that maybe they're kind of experiencing a bit of social anxiety, fear of being judged?
2: Mm. So there's like lots of... The leading treatment is CBT, which is cognitive behaviour therapy. There's also like acceptance commitment therapy, which is really helpful as well. A lot of them have got, or both of them have got similar sort of strategies. But there is like a treatment protocol that you kind of work through and you identify what the negative beliefs are. Um, You identify something that we call safety behaviours. Have you guys heard of safety behaviours before? So they are behaviours that we might do that make us feel safe um, if we're feeling anxious in a social situation. So, for example, um, a safety behaviour might be I'm not going to speak too much or I'm not going to add too much to this conversation because then, you
0: know. In fear of being shut down or yep. being Or yep, whatever or it is, yep. or, yeah.
2: Or I might ask a lot of questions because if I'm asking the questions, people can't ask me questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it might be
2: that I have some. like some, <laughs> <laughs> some people might have, like, some medication in their bag, like an anti-anxiety mm. medication so that if anything falls apart, that falls apart to pieces or anything I've got that just in case even though they never really use it they'll just have it just there to, yeah yeah um there's been other um clients I've had a client that had um some difficulties with blushing safety behavior was always wearing a scarf but what actually happens is that drinking so can be so wearing a
0: scarf so there was an to excuse to be blushing
2: to cover the blushing.
0: Oh, to cover it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I think Like on your drinking. Chest and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like
2: drinking alcohol, massive comorbidity with social yeah. anxiety disorder. Because I've had a couple of drinks and I'm more able to sort of socialize. Loosen up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that the behaviours make someone feel safe in the short term, Mm. okay, but actually in the long term they exacerbate the problem. So if you think about specifically, like the blushing one, Mm. actually you end up drawing attention to yourself and you're going to end up getting hotter. So actually Mm. that's something that's going to exacerbate it. Um, And the the other ones that perpetuates or, you know, increases the anxiety in the long term because people – and don't get the chance to see that actually I can cope without this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So maybe I only coped in that social situation because I've got that medication in my bag or because I asked that many questions. But so they don't allow themselves the opportunity to see that it could be. Yeah, that's what I was different. gonna
0: say. It's like the um if you've got I mean, it depends on what the coping mechanism is, yeah. but if it's say alcohol, mm. then you just you don't believe that you'll be able to go mm. to like an event that doesn't have alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, and then you don't even lean into um like what you said trying to cope with in different ways, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: is that um slightly off track maybe but like the that um link with alcohol then mm. is that one of the big factors of kind of alcohol addiction is like The comorbidity between social anxiety, social anxiety is huge. Okay. Yeah. As with
2: as with a lot of other mental health difficulties as well, but a really, really big link between those two.
1: Mm. Well, yeah. it's very socially acceptable too, isn't it? Yes. To kind of, yeah. you know, have a drink, uh, social lubricant, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just had a mind blank.
2: No, That's no, right. I, and I was going back. So I was talking about safety behaviors, and then I was going, so there's different, um, like the protocol for the treatment protocol. There's like, you'd work out, say, yeah, negative beliefs. Then you'd work out, what are your safety behaviors? Then you'd work out, um, and social anxiety, part of the model, it's um, called self um, processing self as a social, social object, which is just like a technical term for. How the person thinks they perce- they appear to other people, and so a lot of people with social anxiety think that they will appear to people in a in a certain way. Like yeah, maybe yeah. I think that I appear like I'm blushing and I'm sweaty and I'm stuttery, and this is what other people see. A lot of the times, their perceptions are completely yeah, inaccurate, yeah. but that's how they see themselves as as they represent things are so people. much worse
0: in our heads the way uh, mm-hmm. and you're just you're the type to apologize for something like if you think you're looking mm-hmm. like um you know blush or whatever is that what you said on the way in by mm-hmm. the way you're like oh i'm feeling really red or something mm-hmm. you would, like straight away apologize and then most of the time I'm like what i didn't notice yeah <laughs> yeah i apologize Let's just address it right i now. apologize
1: sometimes for not having good energy
0: <laughs> you do You're like, I I'm do sorry. yeah like, I'm really you know. sorry just letting you know I'm,
1: I'm just you know I'm a bit tired you know like it's it's nothing you've done it's, it's not just, a bad
0: thing that mm. you do that but it's just so sweet because it shows that you think that I'm going to be thinking mm. like geez, she doesn't have a lot of energy like is this something that I've done but I never think that at yeah. all mm.
2: but that like thinking about what other people think are, you yeah. know are thinking of me and I need to
1: put it out there <laughs> (laughs) But what, like, well, why do I do that?
0: (laughs) I think you're you're, the professional, I'll let you answer this. But what I do want to say is I think you're really self-aware, which Mm. is a good thing. But when you were saying um, that, uh, like, when we're talking about how some people might not seek help and all of that, or they might just go for their coping mechanism, which might be alcohol, for Mm. example, that a lot of the time people – don't have the Mm. the insight to really ask themselves like sometimes it's speaking to like a therapist or like the you know like when I was young when I spoke to my mom in the car like I wouldn't I I didn't realize that at the time until she was asking me questions like why are you so nervous what's going on you're like just going to, like, this um, afternoon with your friends, like, you shouldn't feel this way, you know, but sometimes you don't have the insight to really ask yeah. yourself, like, this isn't, why do I feel like this? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's just like uh, a
2: automatic reaction, like I drink and then I go to a social event yeah. and then that's just yeah. the way it is, you know, rather than, yeah, like you said, having that insight or self-awareness to go, hold on a second... What is why am I doing this? Yeah. yeah,
0: so like not everybody has that, but you definitely mm. have that, Jess. So I think that's why you're you're constantly like, oh, mm. she'll be thinking I'm low on energy. She'll be thinking, gee, she's red. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am quite red at the moment. But you you you're fair. not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so are there people or personality types or all of that that are more predisposed mm. to suffer from social anxiety disorder?
0: That's mm-hmm. a good question. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So
1: That's
2: there is there's, um, there is a biological link. So that can be, you know, say so if a parent has social anxiety disorder, um, there's like a higher, you know, chance that, it, that a child would. Um, oh, there's wow. also like in terms of biological links is like temperament. So um, more shyer children have got like a biological predisposition yeah. to social anxiety disorder. Um, but there's also, like, psychological factors, like, it can just, like, a traumatic event that mm-hmm. sticks in a child's head. So, And you can, you know, kind of imagine there might be, I don't know, some, a little child at a dance concert that, say, in front of all their family or something falls over and it's this, you know, this massive thing for them that they remember and hold that and mm-hmm. that event, you know, kind of can carry yeah. on and kind of, yeah, like, lead to the development of social anxiety disorder. Um, bullying, like those sort of, you know, Guilty!
1: <laughs> Getting bullied, Getting not bullied. bullied. She's not a bully. She got bullied. In New Zealand or yeah. France? Nah, just New Zealand. Just New Zealand. Yeah, not
0: in France. I was mm. on
1: top of the world back then. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly things changed. <laughs> oh,
0: the, t- the tables have turned. No, I didn't used to bully. I didn't used to bully when I was in France.
1: However, you seem to have come out of that quite well, given that that's quite an extreme situation because you didn't speak English when you moved to New Zealand.
0: I think there was probably that too, the fact that you'll see people talking or laughing at you and you don't understand.
1: Uh, So this is what Mm -hmm. I've said to Nat before, right? Because she notices the tiniest, tiniest Mm. um, things about people. You know, like just she, she's like hyper aware of like <laughs> facial expressions and da, da da da. And I said, I wonder if it's because mm. you know you moved here, not speaking. The, it was mm. your only source of information mm. about other people. Mm. Um,
0: Trying to see like where they because you didn't have the language, yeah. so you had yeah. to you know yeah. figure yeah. it out. Like you
1: could be an FBI agent, or i, I like love that. It? Yeah, you could because you. I reckon you could tell if someone's lying. Actually, that's what you're very good at. <laughs>
0: You're a lie oh, detector a, a lie, human lie a detector human
1: lie detector <laughs> that's
0: very kind but i don't think that's the case <laughs>
1: I think there's But, like, I'm going to work
0: on it. You know, if that's my strength, I'm going to go run with it now. I'm going for FBI agent now.
1: Yeah, you can't get away with anything with <laughs> um, with Nat, for sure. But, um, sorry. you're
0: my friend, like, I'll know. Like, you know. You know your friends. Like, you yeah. know when they're lying. It's so, like, well, there's something that's off there.
1: <laughs> what are you not saying? <laughs> true, true. So, um, the shyness is a predisposition yeah. Um, the uh, traumatic event um, that kind of sticks, anything else that sort of contributes to... Yeah,
2: temperament. Yeah, so temperament, um, any sort of psychological factors, Any, and I guess as well um, a little bit can be kind of modelling by parents. So um, say, for example, if you might have super anxious parents, obviously that's going to impact on the children and then children kind of pick up on... On that. And it might be that, say, if you've got a parent that is socially anxious, then they're probably not going to be going to lots of social events. So the child then loses out on the opportunity to be social and, you know, all of Mm. that learning from that. So even
0: to witness your parents being social, Mm -hmm. like how to be. Social and how to meet new people mm-hmm. that can be a really hard skill for people, you know. Yeah, yeah, learning
1: how to do that and how to navigate it, and yeah, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, if ninety percent, ninety-ish, ninety percent have experienced social anxiety, mm. are you in the ninety or the ten? May? Yeah. Oh, in the 19th. <laughs> Definitely. I
2: self-diagnosed social anxiety disorder when I was younger. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? And you're like, I think I have. <laughs> uh, it was probably when I started studying psychology and I was like, that's what I've got. <laughs>
0: oh, like, go so through cool. the DSM, which
2: is your diagnostic manual, and I was like, oh,
1: my God. I, I absolutely tick, 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 Hold yeah. on, did you do that for every disorder, though?
2: <laughs> oh no nah, not at all. okay well, is that <laughs> I don't make criteria for like a a first,
1: first year um you know medicine <laughs> yeah. student or whatever they're like oh my goodness I I've have yeah, yeah, yeah no sorry <laughs> yeah. so so you yeah. went through and you went uh, yeah it's just like this, this matches recognize.
2: yeah with some of the things that um I experienced when I was younger like just be totally fearful of what other people were thinking about me yeah. at school um, at uni, like just yeah, for a lot of my lifetime, absolutely would avoid things. Had lots of different safety behaviours, impacted.
0: Yeah, did impact. So, what areas what did you life. do to to help yourself?
2: Oh, I think I was talking to Jess about this before, and I think for me, actually, just kind of like going through different life stages, like yeah. having to go to uni and then having to maybe present at conferences and having children, massive one that actually I think for me. You have to kind of talk to other parents and stuff, you know, yeah, like yeah. having these different life experiences and then kind of just getting a little bit older, It sort of just kind of seemed to lessen okay. overall. Yeah. So um, that's how I have kind of managed it. And it definitely comes up at times, yeah. but I just um, feel like I'm... But yeah, better able to manage it. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't impact my life significantly. Yeah. Because you you'll have
0: the intuition now that when it does come up to you do know what you it, gotta do. Well yeah, you're like, Okay, well this is mm. this is knocked on my door today, so
1: mm. <laughs> what should I do? Mm. <laughs> are there um do you recognize uh, that there are kind of I don't know if this is the right word for mm. it, but like triggers or circumstances oh, yeah. or that that make it more heightened than
2: like, certain um, social situations, Maybe, say. yeah, or
1: stuff going on for you at the time. Oh, or, for me, like, yep. specifically.
2: Yep. Um, I think that probably, yeah, I th- Probably situations where I feel like I can't completely control them. So social situations like that that I don't – there's a lot of uncertainty that, mm-hmm. say, um, for example, this actually didn't bring up as much anxiety as it did for me last time. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's that kind of <clears> – <throat> probably last time was a little bit like, I don't know what they're going to ask and I don't know. Yeah. Whereas this, I'm like, well, I kind of, you know, sort of know what I'm talking about, hopefully. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not as sort of triggering for me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I guess mine is probably more now around, um, like, public speaking and massive kind of, Mm. you know, crowds of people and that. Whereas, um, yeah, now with, like, specific social situations, I'm like, you just got to do it. You know, like, you actually just have to go, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Mm. You know, like, really.
0: Like, it'll be, like, a repeated thing, right? Like, you'll be thinking, okay, well, that time I didn't feel good about this Party or this event when I went it was fine, yeah. You know, and sometimes it's um, like good to have you know like when we have events and stuff, it's good to know who's going to be there and who you can kind of like mm-hmm. go with or yeah. meet yeah. there and yeah. yeah, like visualize it. You know, mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's like which a is, technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably oh really? Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, cool. Which is probably why you know like the second time round. You know, because you can visualize it. You know the the room that we're in. You, you've you met me mm. now. Um, you already know all of Jess's <laughs> deep and dark secret. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, and you know, like, that we are casual, that mm-hmm. we're not just, like, pointing a bright light. Actually, we kind of are pointing a bright light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a couple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. that's not to interrogate. Yeah. It's just for the lighting, yeah. just so that we look good on the social media. <laughs> yeah, so, so so visualizing
2: is a, is a helpful tool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, like, exactly what you just said, like, visualising, okay, what is the situation that I'm going to go into? And you can actually sit there and just be like, okay, and actually even visiting, like, the place yeah. beforehand if yeah. that's going to help and go, okay, well, where, what's the layout? What can I see if I can put people in this? You know, where do I, like, yeah, just anything. Like, that is absolutely, completely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another really helpful thing, so obviously, like, treatment would be, like, a full protocol, um, but I was just trying to think of, like, strategies that people could go and try and take away. Um, another helpful thing, um, is, so... One thing that I call it the postmortem and it's a massive thing that people do in social anxiety that after they've had a conversation um, with someone, they will go and like review it and analyse it and what did I look like, what did I say, should I have said this and pull it to pieces, hence why it's called the the postmortem, right, because you're literally pulling it apart. And actually what that does is – it just increases anxiety. It yeah. does not. People yeah. will think, no, I need to do this because then I'll do better next time. But actually it doesn't, you know. Yeah. That would be self-reflection, which would be helpful. Um, so actually just banning, like not doing that, just stopping oh, it. Oh, wow. like actually yeah. just being like, I'm engaging in the postmortem and that's not going to be of any benefit to me at all.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, the other person's not doing it. Like, if they're doing it, for themselves, but yeah. they're not doing it for... They're not, like, analysing, like, what was she wearing and what yeah. was she looking like? Have you done that, the post-mortem?
1: On myself? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So when my social anxiety is um, more problematic, I recognise yeah. now mm. that... I didn't have a name for it, actually, until mm-hmm. you said it before. But, mm. um, yeah, the post-mortem, definitely. And it's not, it's not a self-reflection with no. compassion or kindness. It is looking for Mm. anything that you made a mistake on Mm. or that you know you you didn't do well so you overlook all of the really positive aspects Mm of um of the social event or whatever and just focus in on the stuff that you could have done better and ruminate on that
0: Mm. it's a lot of fun (laughs) We When we've done that, like I do remember when we've, you know, say if you text me and you're like, oh, sorry, I was like this, or so if I do the same, we'll typically say, are you spiralling? Yes, mm. we yeah. have
1: code words. Yeah, so yeah. like,
0: okay, she's mm. spiralling. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop yeah. thinking about, yeah. you know, whatever we did today. Don't mm-hmm. worry yeah. about it. When I think of group fitness, though, like it does, um, or, or any job really, like there's a lot of um, – need or like requirement to give yourself feedback you know mm-hmm. to look back on things that you've done mm-hmm. so I guess it's kind of because you know like when we film a class that we might get, we'll get feedback or when we're on the national team there's a lot of um mm. there's a lot of like process to be able to present at events and mm. stuff because you know they take the the best of the best so there's a lot of, like, filming and then you have to watch yourself and give yourself feedback mm. and then send it and then give feedback from mm-hmm. whoever. So I guess it's just, like, drawing the line of yes. leaving that for work but not, not looking. You know, like, when I say to trainees when they're looking at their video, I'm like, don't worry about what you're wearing. Don't worry about... um you know, how you think your, I don't know, your arms look or whatever, that's really not what I'm looking at Mm. or anybody, you know, because, you know, they'll go straight to that. Is that what I look like? Mm. Why do I do that with my foot? Why am I tapping it so much? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: and that's the difference, right, between like a self-reflection, which is something that's useful. So, Hmm. Okay, how did I go in? You know this conversation. Ah, oh, no, I could have, I could do that better. So that's what yeah. I'll do next time. And then it's left. Yeah. But whereas that, like, um, you know, post evaluative processing or the post mortem is like oh, what are they thinking of me? And what did they think when I said this? And and it just is, like, going over and over and over and increasing. Yeah, Yeah. spiraling, (laughs) increasing anxiety. And then there's the pre-rehearsal as well. So, like, I'll just rehearse what I'm going to (gasps) say and what questions I'm going to ask. And if they ask me this, this is how I'm going to answer. It's like preparing
0: for an interview. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, just like that, social situations. Yeah. so that comes from the need to have control because mm. the uncertainty is so anxiety-provoking mm-hmm. that the kind of – I don't think I've done the pre
2: yeah.
1: – the preparation kind of, – de- I'm definitely guilty of massive post-mortems. Yeah, just yeah. got to ban it. Like, they can it's just, for just weeks.
2: Just no, because it's just not helpful, recognizing that it actually – you don't get anything out of it, so I just need to stop. As soon as I recognise that I'm engaging in that, be like, label it, post-morteming, and I just need to go and distract myself by doing something
1: different. So distraction is is a great tool for doing that because yeah. that sounds really straightforward. Mm. But you know when you're be hard in to that do, kind yeah. of vortex of mm-hmm. like... So recognize that you're (laughs) post-morteming, distract yourself with something.
2: And reminding yourself why I am going to distract myself. Because I'm actually not going to get anywhere. I'm feeling really, really anxious. Mm. I know from the evidence that this is not a helpful thing to engage in. Mm. So I'm going to go and choose something to do that's going to take away my attention so that, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm not focused on that. And then reflecting back on it later. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I actually I didn't do that mm. and and their repetition yeah yeah and again and again and then you just get used to it and recognize that oh I'm not doing that anymore wow
0: that's really cool it's crazy when you forget mm. you know like because you haven't thought about it and you're like mm. oh yeah I used to do that you know mm. like that's quite a win mm-hmm. when you haven't thought about it mm. do you get know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> nice to not be stuck in that
0: yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, that it would be a hard, like it's an easy thing to say, but it would be hard in practice. But like you say, you just repeat it, repeat it, repeat what it. What about
1: someone who, you mentioned that, um, so there's the avoidant. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be my experience mm-hmm. as I Just not going. I just avoid, yeah. yeah, I avoid, um, you know, sort of uh, challenging situations like that. Mm-hmm. For the people who do go mm-hmm. and being in the environment Mm. is so distressing, what do you do? Because you've been brave enough to do it. So by doing that, you would think that that would kind of like reduce the anxiety Mm. of doing it because you're in it. Mm. Like, how does that work?
2: If you were to keep doing that, it will reduce the anxiety, but you'd have to do it, and it's distressing right mm. it's like prolonged exposure, you mm. know or kind of like what we call flooding like you throw someone <gasps> in it and like highly anxiety provoking
0: <laughs> situation because <laughs> yeah. what happens is it's anxiety triggering. will
2: increase, but you keep them in there and it will come down, yeah, it is distressing yeah. and it's mm. like it's just it's just not very fun at all so what you would do is you would get techniques to help you manage the anxiety in the moment and then it's that repeated exposure,
0: yeah. So specific to, like, techniques specific to that Yes. Event.
2: Yeah, so it might be, like, I mean, it's what I call, we call the step ladder. So you might go, say, for example, oh, my goal is to get to a music event or to yeah. get to the supermarket. Yeah. You know, like, you think of a ladder, so maybe that's at the top of the ladder – How do I break that down Mm. into smaller things so that I can get up to that? So maybe the first step is I'm going to go and drive and have a look at the supermarket or I'm going to go and drive and look at the venue and I'm going to rate my anxiety and see what that was like. And then the next time I'm going to go and I'm going to stand outside the car and then the next time I'm going to go to the supermarket at a quiet time of day when there's not too many people. But you break it down into like manageable steps um, and then you know get to the kind of goal. Um, using your techniques like re- anxiety reducing techniques along the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like what? So, I mean, breathing can get, you know, doing specific types of um, breathing. A lot of people when they're socially anxious will, and this is what you were kind of talking about before, will scan their environments. Yours was different because it was because of, you know, language barrier and that. But will scan their environments um, because they're scanning for threat, right? Like perceived social threat, like who could, what could be the threat in this environment? Yeah. But they will interpret, say, people laughing as that specific to me Mm. or people looking in the direction as that specific to me. So there's this heightened kind of awareness of external external stresses or stimuli or things that are going on. Um, And so awareness of that, you know, just in the situation being, like, not scanning, right, Um, also being aware of that, I'm thinking about myself and how people perceive me. Um, But actually, I need to turn my attention to what it is that I'm actually doing. So, am I at the supermarket and okay, let me like focus on, you know, I'm picking up this apple and I'm, Mm. you know, being really mindful and present. That would be
0: a good way to distract yourself.
2: Like, what are the smells? What can I sit? You know, what can I, all of that? What can I feel? All of that. Because then it's, you're actually present in the moment. Yeah, you're not yeah. thinking about scanning, you know, you're not thinking about that what how you're being perceived by other people you're actually, you know, like, focusing on what you're actually doing and what you want to be doing, mm. which is going to reduce anxiety at the same time.
0: I really love the idea of the stepladder, like, mm. just mm. kind of um doing it gradually. It's real
2: fun, too.
0: It's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> With clients, it's it's like, all right. right. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, but, like, it's because, you know, rather than – it's like anything in life, like, people just want to go straight to the end goal. Yeah. It's like same with fitness. Yeah, I mean, we're a fitness podcast, yeah. <laughs> aren't yeah. we? Um, but you know when people are like, "Oh, look, I just wanna, I want to be consistent with my training," and I'm coming from zero. Zero workouts a week, but I'm just going to go to five five times a week, and Mm. it's like, wait, hold on a minute, just start with like setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, just to wrap it around with that, sometimes maybe flooding does set you up for failure because then you might end up having really bad experience, Mm. and you're you're like, no, I'm out, and you Mm. leave, and it's quite dramatic to Mm, you, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel worse about myself. Yeah, Yeah. I should. Yeah, I'll never do
1: that again. yeah. 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 yeah,
0: this is the confirmation that I shouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then it, it kind of ruins it all. Um, with exposure therapy, that's quite interesting. We, um, I definitely get anxious when I don't feel like I'm in control and especially, and that's why I've started, um, started seeing my therapist, um, I think like a year now, it's been a year. And um, I've been talking to her a lot about like, well, an example that comes to mind is, for example, In Paris, like, you'll probably know this, in France and Paris, the elevators are really small. (laughs) So small. So small. And and I just, I I don't know, like, I'm not typically claustrophobic, Mm. but I felt quite claustrophobic. And that was probably maybe, like, around the time I was about to see my family or whatever. So just, like, an anxious time. And I remember um, the elevator opening, and then we were meeting, because it was an Airbnb, we were meeting the, the landlord or whatever, upstairs, and I was like, and it was five flights, and I was like, oh, my God, there's no one going in there. Like, what if it breaks down and then I die? Mm. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> did. They set i vanish to thin here. No one will ever it right? die. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way and to go, like, though. <laughs> but I'm then like, it's like a re- <laughs> she's a like, she's like, and he's like, what? And <laughs> she's not. <laughs> it's kind of
1: a cool story, do think?
0: Well, I can't tell the story, can I? I'm not around to say it because I'm True. dead. Um, right. <laughs> but, like, I remember, and Essie wasn't particularly comfortable with it either because it was quite, like, it was just, it was so old. It was and really he's very old. tall. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, like, the first time I was like, nah, you go. I'm staying down here and I'll go, like, a you, you trial it. <laughs> 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 you go first, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll the like, I'll sacrifice you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I was like, do you want to go first she's she's waiting for us and he's like I know what you're doing and fuck yeah I'll go okay <laughs> like, yeah. fine and then I remember every day we both we knew like this is exposure therapy and it just got to the point where we just didn't care like we're just like well just because you know like you know the environment and you know that it's not going to break down and if it does like if you really go go down it's like if it does there's a button you can push or your phone works hmm. or whatever like you're actually not going to into thin mm. and air, and you're actually probably not going to die, you know, because the ultimate threat typically is what? Death. <laughs> Death
2: by social judgment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's what you want to
0: get to as well,
2: right? Is that. Um, for some people, uh, yeah, it might be that the way that they look, you know, that people will run away or laugh at them, or <laughs> no, so. No, might like, be that no I might no, I might, no, no, but the <laughs> <what> people, yeah. <laughs> or it might be that, like, um, I don't know. I had one client once that was thought that they might wet themselves, and you know, in public, or there might be that, yeah, I vomit or what. You figure out yeah, what that is, is. Yeah. and then you address that yeah. specifically. So that's why I'm before I'm, you know, saying like. The experiments can be quite fun, more, yeah. probably more fun for me. and yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the outcomes of them, you yeah. know, like doing those sorts of, yeah, like exposure and behavioural experiments, like they just have such a significant impact on, you know, what a person thinks is going to happen and actually what does happen.
0: They must be so rewarding for yeah. you. Yeah. And if
2: it's worst case, which... Sometimes it is like what they think of the worst case scenario. Like they is. actually vomit. Yeah. Or Sometimes in, in therapy as well, sometimes we've actually pretended like someone's vomited and then be like, let's actually see what's kind of going to Oh, go really? On play. Like, yeah, role play,
0: drama. I love role play. You should do that with just in your next therapy session.
1: <laughs> so many options. But they realise if it is worst case scenario that actually they
2: coped with it.
1: Yeah. That yeah. So it, mm. you know, it's kind of. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that fear of of not being able to handle it, Mm. like your ability to handle it is not as great as the potential for it to Mm. be overwhelming.
0: Mm. And I guess like in that situation, you know, with vomiting, it's like, what if I actually, there's something that happens to my Mm. body that I can't control? Mm. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then you work through. Then what would I actually do if I did?
2: Yeah. Okay, then I'd probably get up and I'd go to the bathroom or I'm just I'd... say something. So, yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> say that. You know, you just come
2: up with a bit of a plan so it's like, oh, I kind of know what I would do if that yeah. would happen. Like, yeah, It's not going to be nice, but, yeah. you know, people aren't, you know... Not everyone's going to run away screaming. Like probably people are going to be like, "Are you okay?" or whatever it is. Does know. that
0: kind of go down the intrusive thoughts kind of line as well? Mm. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have yeah. That would be tough <laughs> every time you're out really
2: in public
1: know. that you have an intrusive thought that you're going to vomit. Mm. That, oh, be I think it's that helpful. would be yeah, yeah. particularly you know challenging. I um, I my social anxiety, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, just putting a a couple of things together, is that I was appraised on my Mm. body Mm. and how I looked. It's how I earned Mm. money. Mm -hmm. When my body changed and I gained weight, I was paralysed by the fear of rejection Mm. for that reason. Mm. You know, so that, that, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, we were joking about that sort of like, uh, you know, that people really have a fear of, like, that someone would be like, ah, oh, I can't look at you and run away. You know, I, I really do. That was kind of what was going on for me yeah. at the time, yeah. you know, was that people would be so shocked by how mm. horrible I looked that they would mm. they would just, I would be rejected, you know, so. Um,
0: That's awful. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's and it's funny to kind of talk about it now because <laughs> it kind of is, like, funny but so when you're in it it's not funny it's not not (laughs) it's not so funny so like if anyone's listening and yeah you know they're experiencing this Mm. at the moment like first of all I'm so sorry that that's what you're going through from experience Mm. it's really um isolating and it's really overwhelming if someone's in a bad place with it right now like if they happen to be listening to this podcast and they're in a hole with it Mm. what's the first thing that they can do or what's the best thing that they can do like right now to start to get out of the hole?
2: Um, I would say just first of all I would wanna like normalise, you know, that a lot of people experience it and there is lots of things that you can do. And even if you can't afford like therapy or anything like that, there is and I'll give you a link to an amazing website wow. as well if you can yeah, put you it on the notes. Yeah, definitely. On the note. we will. It's called the Centre for Clinical Interventions. It's an Australian website that the government puts on pretty much a CBT course. But you can do print out wow. your own workbooks, go through the whole thing. Wow. And there's one specifically for social anxiety disorder and I think there's ten workbooks. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I'd do like I would do some reading up on it and I would actually just be like, okay, other people experience this. This is something that I can do something about, you know, whether Mm. I kind of do it with the support of a therapist or whether I kind of work through it by myself. Um, But just like, yeah, reading about it, being like, oh, okay, I can overcome this and knowing that you absolutely completely can, you know.
0: And that's the purpose of this podcast is Mm. to let people know that they're actually never alone. Mm. That's why Mm -hmm. we talk about things that we've experienced and things that maybe we're currently experiencing Mm typically stuff, you know, that isn't enjoyable just to let people know that it's, mm-hmm. yeah, they're really not alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said 90% of New Zealanders. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Zealanders people, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, knowing that people – I think that when people think that it's just them that mm-hmm. it is experiencing something, they feel so alone and yeah. feel like there is no help. And as soon as people realise that actually this is something that other people do, maybe, you know, maybe it's a different experience, but yeah. it just – That in itself is like an intervention for someone, you know, just or being validated or heard, you know, is just so important.
0: I think also quite fitting um, before, just before Christmas as Mm -hmm. well, talking about this, because this is the time of year where Mm -hmm. maybe you're having to spend the whole day or the whole, Mm -hmm. maybe a few days with people you're not typically comfortable around. Like what you said, you know, with when you were like, I was so scared that people would be shocked at how mm. I looked. That's a very real thing for people and their families. when people, You know when families are like, you've put on weight? Mm, yes. Why, yeah. What's happened to you? What have you been doing? Mm. Oh, are you feeding her too much? Like, mm. this bullshit, right? Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. This is the time of year and it's very fitting because mm. we don't all... Um, 100% enjoy that time of year, mm. if you have to spend it with people that you're not that comfortable. Mm. Yeah, well, no, yeah. exactly.
1: And if you're introverted,
0: having exactly. to be around people, yeah.
1: so, like the expectation mm. is that you should really enjoy being around people all the time. Mm. No.
0: So a tip mm. for that would be to have time allocated yeah. where you have downtime. mm No social time. So if you know you've got, yeah, 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 boundaries. If you know you've got something on that morning, try not to do something that night. Mm. If Mm. you're someone that's typically Mm -hmm. introverted, Mm -hmm. yes, you can only do one event a day.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you uh, have someone in your life Mm. who is struggling with this, what can you do as their sort of friend or family member Mm. or partner? Mm.
2: Probably, I would say, is like sit down and, you know, if you're able to kind of, if you know that that's what they're going through, um, it could just be sitting down and going, like, what is it that, you know, what's that underlying sort of belief? And um, what is it, maybe like, what's a small goal, like thinking of the kind of ladder thing? What's yeah. a small goal that you want to do? That's maybe it's, if you rate your anxiety, um, we call it a SUD score, like a subjective units distress scale which you just rate the anxiety out of 10 right 10 out of 10s like let's not go there to, you know you don't go there straight away what's well, something that's like um you know a 1 or a 2 or something mm. like that was well, something that I could do with you could we go and do that together you mm. know so it would just be i guess it would be that it would be like working through that and just supporting them in that in that way um to do some kind of behavioural experiments or some sort of beh- exposure, and just recognizing that you know that this sort of this work is going to be tough for them. It is anxiety provoking, and so just allowing them, like, what do you need when this is feeling overwhelming? You know, um, how can I support you and in, in, in yeah. the best way that you need?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I think it's also quite um, important to if you can have someone in the first step to do it with mm. you because yeah. then you know like. They know how I feel. Mm. Mm. They know, you know, that I get anxious mm. in these situations. So at least I've got like a fallback, Mm-mm. you know, like mm-hmm. a, a code word. Banana. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. we got to go. <laughs> we
1: had a code word once, did I was you just not? about to say. It sounds like every Les Mills party over have been to. <laughs> <laughs> Nat and, and I have a code word. It Save wasn't banana. That's too was, What Was
0: it? It was I, something I like know. grapefruit.
1: Uh, I I don't know, but it, you know, exit strategy <laughs> was was quite helpful. I described. Um, so a friend of mine, her daughter suffers with this, right? Mm. She does not. She's like, what is that about? Mm. But she has a fear of spiders. The mum and I said. Her fear mm. of being assessed mm. by other people yeah. is like me putting yeah. a spider in front of you. She's like, really? Mm. And I was like, yeah. Yep. It is like the the kind of the anxiety and the phobia is like it's a physiological. Mm. Isn't it used to be it? called
2: social phobia. Yeah. So that they've just changed it to social anxiety. Oh, really? Well. But it is a phobia. Yeah. yeah. And it is. It's, it's exactly what like you say. All of those anxiety symptoms that we experience in a phobia or in a high anxiety situation, you're experiencing mm, that's
0: such a good too. way to get someone to understand mm, it. Mm, mm. If they, you know, like don't you said, yeah, it, yeah, they don't understand that, but they've got someone closer mm. than that, yeah,
1: yeah. Because I think mm. it is hard to like, I know it was hard for Greg to understand because mm. he loves people, Is you know, yeah. like no anxiety mm-hmm. at all around being judged by other people, you know. So, um, you know, having to explain it in that way. But, you know, the code word at Les Mills parties was not necessarily for social anxiety. Mm. It was just not to get stuck anywhere for too mm. long.
0: <laughs> i just like to say that it was never used. Okay, <laughs> It was yeah. never Gnosis. actually used. It wasn't, though. Because we it's had true.
1: such a good time <laughs> we that, did that we never had to use it. But it's always helpful to have a friend who can like yank you out of situations, isn't it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think you like at this stage you're, you're, sorry, what were you – sorry, are we gonna no, say no, no, it's like, <laughs> like you know when you're you've got a friend who you're close to, you kind mm. of know when they're uncomfortable. Mm. Like I feel like I've done it and Holly, you've done it, you know, where it's like, Oh, I can see she's she's mm. needed some help there. Like she's in the drink yeah 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 <laughs> hey, let's go get a drink yeah. hey your drink is empty skull skull real quick <laughs> oh look it's all, like looking at the drink like, oh it's a half empty not half it's half empty just go fill it up it's all about perfection <laughs> I've so done that with Hollywood it would be like and then we've just been double <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> um, anyway we do need to wrap up because apparently we don't want well, got a few minutes left two minutes mm-hmm. um any last words at all thank you so much for coming
2: no there's just there's lots of like resources out there so like i said i'll give you that yeah, link please. to that and any other ones that i think is helpful as well and um but yeah just like want to put out there that that hope that it re- can really be overcome yeah. and it's Aww. not that difficult yeah. either
0: you know i think this podcast alone will be so helpful especially because you've, you're giving well, we've given them mm. things that they can do without having to seek a psychologist mm. and then, because, you know, not everybody has yeah. got accessibility. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's will be so helpful. Yeah. yeah. Any last words,
1: Jess? Well, I'll just thanks so much yeah. for coming on and giving your time um, to this because exactly that, that not everyone has the resources mm-hmm. to afford uh, therapy, and um, thank you for normalising yeah. this, um, this topic, and,
0: and this sharing challenge. your experience. Like I think that's massive because we've said this in the last mm-hmm. podcast. We we just think that you have mm-hmm. psychologists have got their own shit, like ticked off you've got to sort it out you don't get anxious do you even know what anxiety is sometimes i do look at my therapist and i'm like do you understand how i feel but i'm sure she does <laughs> she doesn't yeah. get that much stress from me i promise no we're humans, too. we're humans too <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for sharing and thank you so so much for coming you're yeah you're, you're very all valuable to the team. The the team. <laughs> You're part of the team now, did you know that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's unpaid, but sure. Welcome, welcome. on board. One day it might be paid, though. Anyway, um, thank you so much for, for listening. Please do follow us on Instagram at babeslisten because we are awesome. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. Bye now.